It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Wizards podcast. I am your host for tonight's episode. I am Arthur Reynolds. Check us out on Twitter at District Mamba for myself and at Locked On Wizards for the latest and greatest in the Wizards offseason as we approach what I've labeled the dog days of the offseason. <laughs> so tonight we had a huge trade that went down and the best perspective to get the best commentary on the Austin Rivers experience is through <laughs> someone that has seen the Clippers play. And with me today, I have Charles Mockler. You can find him on Twitter at Charles Mockler. And he is the host of the Locked On Clips uh, podcast. So we're in the same network. So what's going on, Charles? Not a whole lot. How are you doing today? Good, good. Uh, definitely looking forward to to doing this again uh yeah obviously our listeners won't know but we recorded a couple days ago it was fantastic we went back and forth a lot of good stuff and then kind of newbies we're still trying to figure out software and i did not record the conversation so <laughs> here, damn technical difficulties yes so here we are again we're gonna try it it's gonna work out this time so let's get right into it Um, Unless you've been sleeping under a rock, you know by now that the Wizards and the Clippers linked up in a trade. The Wizards gave up Marching Gortat in exchange for Austin Rivers. From a Wizards perspective, I guess from a Wizards perspective, when I saw that, I was like, oh, there's no way they did this trade without attaching a first round pick or Thomas Sadoransky or something like that. Because I just (laughs) saw... The exchange of a 35 or of like a 33 year old for a 25 year old, like you have to throw more incentive than that. But then, well, you know, I hate to correct you, as of today, he's 26. It's his birthday today, weirdly. I'm looking at it oh right now. Oh my, of course it is. <laughs> Happy birthday, Austin Rivers. Of course. Classic Austin Rivers. Yeah. There we go. All right. I already hate him. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, that was my initial reaction. I was waiting for the whoosh bomb that officially states every moving piece in the trade a second round pick a first round pick swap i don't know just yeah thinking the worst of it 
it's rare to have just a straight up one for one trade. Right. But, you know, it actually ended up being a one for one. And I feel as though this trade benefits both sides. Um, but we're obviously going to get mm-hmm. Charles to talk about Austin Rivers because us Wizards fans want to know what we got in return for Marching Gortat. So, Charles, about Austin Rivers. Definitely not Dwight Howard, but definitely <laughs> not. I, I don't know. There, there's definitely Pure a reputation. <laughs> right. There's definitely not. There's definitely a reputation that follows Austin Rivers. So, Charles, um, maybe give us like some insight into this reputation that Rivers has and then kind of be like, yeah, that's kind of false or that's exaggerated or no, this is true. Like, go ahead and break us down, Austin Rivers. For sure. Because I think there's a lot of, I mean, he's definitely. I would say a better character person than Dwight Howard, just based on history. He's never gotten a coach fired. So he has Dwight beat in that regard. Yeah. Um, But I, as a Clippers fan initially didn't like Austin rivers. I think a lot of people he's, he's for some, whatever reason, he's a hard guy to like. I think a lot of that had to do when he was on the Clippers with just, I mean, you know, his dad being the coach. And so I had a lot of that, like he's only on the team because of nepotism, blah, blah, blah. Like, it took me a while to really look past that. I will admit that. But, I mean, he was on the Clippers for four years. His minutes increased every single year. His points increased every single year. His three-point percentage went up every single year. He carved. He's carved out a really good role, I think, in the NBA. Um, he's also weirdly a six, six-year vet. Huh. Which like took me. I'm looking at it right now, and it kind of took me by surprise. He's had a couple injury issues a couple years ago, but I don't think it's anything. You know, he's going to be in a backup role for you guys, so it's right. not that big of a deal. But I mean, you guys are getting a super tough guy. I can't remember what game it was, but I'm sure people have seen the pictures of when he got elbowed, and his face looks like he's just been pummeled, and yeah, he was still, yeah, and he was still driving to the rim, you know, putting his head down. They lost that game ultimately, but. You love to see that heart out there. But I think he has kind of a reputation as being soft for whatever reason, probably because he's a coach's kid. I mean, he's a good player. His assists went up every single year, too. And so, I I mean, I think it's a fair trade for sure. But I think you guys got a little more help for your backup role than we did for our starting, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's going to be a great fit. He's a competitor. He always plays hard. It doesn't matter if it's for his dad or for a coach or a different coach or something like that. And I think he's at the point where he's been in the league for so long and he knows how to be a professional and he seems to be getting better. You know, he's just gotten better every year with shooting and assists. So that's got to be a huge I mean, that's a huge positive for you guys. Yeah, definitely. And something that has been missing in D.C. since we drafted John Wall and Bradley Beal is kind of a, a reserve that can come in and kind of spill some minutes and just ball handle and create for himself and create for others. And Austin Rivers is a really good option, especially when we're getting rid of a bad situation and mm-hmm. acquiring a need, a need that we've had since we drafted John Wall and Bradley Beal. His assists. So last year he only averaged four assists. Uh, he played 61 games and averaged 33 minutes. So he only had four assists. I think in the backup role, he might maybe mentally check into trying to distribute more. Not that, like you were just saying, he might not necessarily need to because you guys need scoring in that backup role. But yeah, he's a guy who can take over games sometimes. Which I think is it's going to surprise a lot of Wizards fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that sign me up for that right now because too many years, you know, John Wall checks out and the whole team forgets how to play basketball. And I mean, just... honestly, I mean, I'm a Western Conference guy, obviously, but I 
follow mostly NBA. I, who is your guys' backup point guard right now? During the regular season, uh, this past yeah. season, it was uh, Tim Frazier who started off. And then Thomas Sadoransky kind of took it over. And especially when John Wall went down, Thomas Sadoransky, like, control of the backup position. But obviously he was starting. And then when the playoffs started, unfortunately, Scott Brooks didn't have much trust in Thomas Sadoransky. So we signed Ty Lawson off the streets of China. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) Off the streets of China. And he played meaningful minutes and Sadoransky didn't really see much. Um, against the Toronto Raptors. But going into okay. this upcoming season, you know, we have Thomas Adaransky, obviously Austin Rivers. It's kind of, it doesn't look like we're going to re-sign Ty Lawson. Tim Frazier's definitely gone. So mm-hmm. it's Thomas Adaransky and Austin Rivers. and Better than just Thomas Adaransky. <laughs> it's a lot better than just Thomas Adaransky because we've learned already that Thomas Adaransky definitely has limitations in his game, whether it's intimidation or he just can't keep up with the NBA. How old is he? Sadoransky, I believe, is, uh, I want to say he's 27. Oh, okay, um, yes. Because he okay, played yeah. a majority of his career in Spain and on Barcelona's basketball team. Nice. And he was a huge factor on that team but it took him a while to come on over to the states just double checking his age he is actually going to be turning 27 okay yeah. so 27 yeah, yeah yeah so he's not it, it's not like he's a he's a young piece that's a work in prog- progress he's kind of on the tail he, end he he kind of is who he is especially considering he's been a pro for a while um over yeah. in spain back to austin rivers there's a sense of negativity across most Wizards fans and outlets in terms mm-hmm. of the offseason that we just had. The offseason that we just had, I would say, started off embarrassing because <laughs> the first the first couple of days, we had nothing going on. In fact, our other co-hosts, um, Ian and Becca, they recorded a, you know, what's going on with the Wizards? And it was just yeah. the, the most depressing show that we've ever put that we've ever put out. Talking to you about Austin Rivers, there, there has to be a sense of encouragement and something to look forward to that wasn't this broken down, worn down, beat down team that we rolled out last year with Tim Frazier playing meaningful minutes, Jody Meeks <laughs> as the backup shooting guard, and Jan Mahimi playing a ton of minutes. He played a lot. He played a lot. <laughs> I don't know. Obviously, on paper, if you're telling me Austin Rivers is going to replace Tim Frazier and Jody Meeks, Thomas Sadoransky is going to play some some two ball, but also be a secondary ball handler with Austin mm-hmm. Rivers. And another year of Kelly Oubre. Hopefully, he doesn't slump because he slumped hard the last half of the season. Yeah, and, he really fell off. He needed and, to punch more people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, after... Yeah, it was very depressing. He was knocking down some threes at the beginning of the year, and then that just tailed off really badly. And then we had Mike Scott, who had a really great year for us. We lost. Now him. he's on the Clips. Now he's on the Clips, and you guys gained another excellent piece. Yeah. With Mike Scott, I'm excited. He's, he's a knockdown excited shooter. Every time he checked into a game, he was putting up a, his beautiful jump shot and would finish mm-hmm. with like ten points, meaningful points. And, you know, we lost Mike Scott, but we also gained Jeff Green, who, again, is one of these players that you're kind of like, streaky, right? You don't know what you're going to get from him. But at the same time, he play, he's played with LeBron, and he's been to the NBA Finals. So, like, he has an idea. He knows how to do it. Right. Yeah. 
so we need it. that. We need that desperately because right now, I think the only player with any experience, honestly, I don't think the Wizards had anybody that even like sniffed the NBA Finals on this past roster. Yeah, and I don't think so either. Because previously, it's Paul Pierce. Obviously, I was going to say Paul that's Pierce. the most recent one. I mean, same with the Clippers, you know? Like... Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So it's always good to have someone that's been there. He might have not won it. You know, this past but he season. knows how. But he knows what it takes. So I figured Jeff Green, we're going to miss Mike Scott, definitely. But Jeff Green might be a push, if not like a slight, 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 slight upgrade over Mike Scott, mainly because of that championship and athleticism. Like you mentioned, he's kind of inconsistent, like streaky. You don't know what he's going to get. You might get some, he's going to dunk over five people, but then he's not <laughs> going to play defense the next possession. So... Streaky. So it's it's an interesting situation that we're here that we are going through currently. Um, I personally think this is the deepest Wizards team that has been assembled, definitely during the John Wall era, and most definitely overall. You know, since yeah, I I would agree with that. I mean, as kind of a casual Eastern right. Conference guy, it's for sure. I mean, I don't like Dwight Howard at all, but. The move to get Austin is such a positive move on your right. guys' part. Like, it's such a glaring need that needed to be fixed. So, I'm. it's interesting there's negativity. There's some negativity. Fans. It's just, I, I feel like it's more of a, and we're getting kind of off topic here, but I feel like, it, the, neg- feel like the negativity is more so towards ownership. Okay, not the player. Right, and people are Got just it. sick and tired of, RGM. Overall, I mean, you know, the Capitals just won the Stanley Cup, and yeah. the Washington Valor just won the Arena Football League Championship, being two and ten, which nobody cares about. But <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but that happened. I did not. Too. <laughs> um, yeah. So going back to the trade, Marching Gortat, right? What mm-hmm. his reputation in DC? Now this is coming from a known Martin Gortat hater. Like I hated. Okay, so you you don't like? Okay, got it. Right, <laughs> I hated Gortat, but right now you know I'm I'm trying to be professional and give you insight <laughs> and unbiased you know opinions about Gortat. Okay, I appreciate the fighting your natural instinct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Gortat is was perfect for John Wall. In yeah. terms of the pick and roll. And he's an he's an athletic guy for how big he is. I mean, I know that's yeah. kind of stupid to say about an NBA player, but like even I've always been kind of even from his Orlando days, I was just like, wow, for someone with such a big frame, he's got great feet. Right. And you know, I believe he has a boxing background, so he has really good footwork. You're gonna get Martin Gortat at a perfect time because I believe you guys drafted a point guard. We did. We drafted a point guard and a two guard at the with thirteen fourteen. Right. So Gortat is the perfect person to pair up with this rookie point Young. guard because yeah. the pick and roll, you know, screen setting. He's worked with John Wall. He's worked with Steve Nash. There's a lot to look forward to on your end with Gortat in terms of the the leadership that he can bring to a young point guard. Now the negativity I feel like <laughs> comes from his. You mentioned he's athletic. He's yes. athletic running from one end of the court to the under, other end of the court. He never okay. gets tired. He's always in shape. However, around the basket, his vertical is one inch. So Damn. Okay. Yeah, not looking forward. To, yeah, he never really – for someone who's big, he, is, he never really, like, 
bangs on anybody. Right. Like he doesn't ever just throw one down. It feels like. Right. I mean, he he's actually when it happened, I feel like it's happened a handful of times. I can tell you each time he dunked on someone, but it was <laughs> always like a timing thing. Like John, it just happened to be there. Right. John set him up perfectly, or Gortat just got better, the better end of a you know of of a positioning. Put- so. Going from from DeAndre Jordan to Marching Gortat is going to be yeah. a huge <laughs> drop off in athleticism that you're accustomed to seeing. Yeah, definitely. In that position, possession position, that's one of his limitations. The other is his age. I mean, he's not aging well, and no. although was... he's been relatively healthy, because you mentioned when we recorded the first time that he's only missed, I, I believe you said like five games. Yeah, in Washington, I'm looking at it right now. He played 81, 82, 75, 82, and 82 games. Right. and Which is pretty incredible for, it, how, for someone who's been in the league for 10 years. It is incredible, especially considering some of those games, I believe like maybe four or five of them, he missed because he had a death in the family and he had to fly out. Oh. That, that, like, he's definitely an Iron Man, but at the same time, how many minutes has he logged? Like, he's definitely going to start regressing and yeah his minutes have been going down for the past three years right those minutes are also you know going to catch up to him the other thing and i believe the main reason we traded gortat for austin rivers aside from you know we're gaining something we've needed forever and gortat's kind of like a dying breed of center definitely he was causing locker room issues and in which okay which i will say in a fairly there's a lot of characters on the Wizards. Definitely. There's a lot of personality. Definitely. However, he was definitely one of those personalities. And it was, for me, it was more about mindset. So if you are playing basketball and you assemble a team of, you know, you're starting five and you're a part of that five. And you go up and you're playing against a team that, you know, you should be able to beat. But for yeah. some reason, you can't beat them. So... You have you picked you you picked first you picked the best players available for your team, but somehow you're losing to a team that like has really really young players and like have barely played in the NBA. Yeah. Why are you losing? And <laughs> I feel like that's the rock. That's the Wizards' constant battle. <laughs> right. I feel like although about Martin Gortat, but it's not just him. It rubbed me the wrong way when we matched up against the Orlando Magic. I believe it was sometime in December. And Gortat was talking about retirement and how he wanted to go back to Orlando and possibly retire there. You're on a team that's fighting for a playoff spot and you have championship aspirations and it might not be realistic, but this team thinks that they're better than they are. (laughs) And you hear someone contemplate retirement when your star player goes down. We are we are firing on all cylinders and doesn't mention that you're missing and it, it, it's your taken, guy, yeah. right it's taken as a as a shot because like obviously the only difference is you're not playing so yeah there's one guy who's not here <laughs> right in dc that was when john wall went down and gortat just kind of went out of his way saying you know gortat definitely has other ideas and yeah, he might not be 100%. Okay, so you're saying his dedication might not necessarily be there. Right. I mean, in terms or of wasn't mentality, <laughs> in terms of mentality, that that's just the marching Gortat experience. And he, there, were, there were too many games where he didn't play the fourth quarter and 
he hated he, that pride. Like you want to be out there fighting, but you can't be out there when <laughs> players like Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving, Victor Oladipo are switching on to you to just expose you just and killing you. Right, and you're you're not powerful enough on the offensive end to to make an impact. Whether that's rolling and dunking on people or just a massive body to grab rebounds. So yeah, because I guess that's I mean that is that's very good to know for me because I always kind of thought of him as like kind of a shut up and do your job guy. Right. Um, I didn't know he had all that, I guess, shade inside of him. Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that maybe the change of scenery, new coach, you know, really new team identity wise. Yeah. You know, the, there's, there's only one player from Lob City left on the team and that's Wesley Johnson. So he's coming into a situation where we don't have an identity yet. You know, like we're still kind of shaping that and so i'm hopeful that that will kind of put some pep in his step i guess or kind of give him a more positive outlook based on what he apparently was trying to go through in washington right yeah yeah. Um, and again this is coming from someone that really had to like think about how to analyze Martin Gortel without showing bias. Without cursing, yeah. But he was definitely really appreciated here by a lot of Wizards fans. It was just... Yeah, he he's a hard guy to hate, it seems like. I really liked him when he was in Orlando. Um, he, you know, he has that giant Jordan tattoo, which I think is great. It's um, <laughs> But uh, I'm hoping he can come in, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think you guys maybe got a little bit more value just because you get a great... Like, Austin Rivers is a fantastic second option. Like, he's the number one option who happens to be your guys' second option now. And so, for us getting Gortat, I feel like we almost kind of got, like, not a second option at center, but, like, a one-and-a-half option. You know, like a guy who might not start on any other teams, but a team like the Clippers who literally had, I mean, Boban and Sam Decker, kind of, as our centers. And those guys... Boban's great, but he can, he's so big that he can only play like 15 minutes a game or something like that. And Sam Decker uh, sucks, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, so he's getting thrust into kind of a weird role. I'm sure he's going to be happy with the playing time since he's going to be very much clearly our number one guy unless one of our late signees, Angel Delgado, starts crushing it in the G League. Um but I think, I mean, I'm excited for early season happy Gortat, I guess is the best way to put my expectations. Because yeah. I don't think it'll get any better than early season cheerful Marshine. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, to close off here, I want you to sell Austin Rivers to our Wizards fan base. And then in return, I will sell you Martin Gortat to your Clippers fan base. All right, so I guess my pitch for Austin Rivers would be... Uh, All the Wizards fans, just close your eyes and think of those times when, you know, you're playing the Hawks on the, you know, you're playing a stretch of, you know, three games, four days. You're playing like the Hawks, the Magic, the Nets. You're playing terrible teams. And it's the last uh, game of that stretch. And for some reason, John Wall has played 40 minutes every single game. Uh, And he's dead. And then next week you have the playoffs and you can't play. Now, think about that situation, and John Wall only has to play, I don't know, 25 minutes. Because you have a guy who can come in, he will never lose you games. Austin Rivers will never shoot you out of a game. He's never going to, you know, fumble anything like that. 
You have a guy who's going to come in, possibly take over games to the point where you're like, wow, Austin Rivers somehow has 26 points. I guess we just have to let this happen. All the while, John Wall gets to rest. <laughs> um, I guess that would be the best way I can sell it, is that you guys are getting a number two option who is a borderline number one guy. He can take over games. He's never going to dog it. And he's a fantastic locker room guy. I think he's a, I think an underrated part of him coming to the Wizards is going to be his level-headedness. And the fact that, I mean, he's played with huge personalities before. Definitely. He played, he was a young guy playing with CP3, Blake, and DeAndre, who are all very outspoken in their own way. CP3 is one of the smartest players to maybe ever play the game. And he could deal with it. <laughs> you know, like, he never really got intimidated. He kept his mouth shut when he should and learned. And he grew. And so, I mean, if you're a Wizards fan, you should be very excited about your number two option, which is a rare thing to be. But, yeah, be excited for Austin Rivers. Don't be too angry about him when he has bad games, because I think he's dealt with that a lot. Um, but, yeah, you get a guy, he's going to come in and he's going to compete. And he might mess around and take the starting job or something like that, should something wow. insane happen. But Okay. Yeah, I mean... That sounds like a really good problem to have because at that point, <laughs> you know, hopefully Sadoransky is also having a good year and Austin Rivers becomes a good trade piece for something. I don't know. Yeah, and he's only making 11 mil. I mean, only. He's making 11 right. mil a year, which for his skill and age and everything is a really good deal. Yeah, especially now, like, nowadays, yeah. All right, so you did an excellent job selling Austin Rivers <laughs> us, so now it is my turn. I want all Clippers fans to close their eyes. And remember Lob City and how beautiful and how entertaining it was when Chris Paul would break down a defender and just throw the ball out of bounds, it seems. And then <laughs> Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan would come out of nowhere and just dunk that. Now open your eyes and realize that you have a young rookie point guard and a center that is perfect to match up with somebody that is going to get a taste of NBA basketball for the first time, where Martin Gortat has been in a bunch of battles. He knows a lot. He knows what, where, where to set perfect screens. So even though it's not going to be as entertaining as <laughs> watching these freaks of natures, like, or just entertaining in general, maybe <laughs> probably. Yeah. Although I will say, Watching rookie John Wall grow into what he is now was very fun. So, Oh, I'm sure. You never know what this rookie point guard can be. And having a center like Marching Gortat as your rookie uh, on your rookie season, like that, that's a treat and a half. Like that, that's almost like you're going to, you're going to like speed through your first year. Like you're going to grow faster. Yeah. He's so, like in AP classes. Right. So uh, honestly, like there's a lot to look forward to with Gortat's leadership, with Gortat's you know, the way he handles himself as a professional and on the court as well. Like, he is going to make a difference setting screens and rolling to the basket. He passes really well out of the post. So once mm. he gets the ball, it's not like it's a, a black hole and he's just going to put it up. He can, you know, set more screens and pass the ball around. He he would set up Nene a bunch of times with some really nice, you know, offhanded passes. But, it's crazy that you guys played those two at the same time so much. Yeah, again, so <laughs> it, there's never a boring day in D.C. <laughs> yeah. But 
that is an excellent note to wrap up on and i think this episode was better than the first one that we recorded so that's good absolute miles ahead yeah so i wanted to thank thank you charles uh for coming yeah on thanks for having show. me on i'm excited i learned about our new uh, our new center make sure to give at locked on clippers a follow on twitter thank you charles mockler for joining us tonight i am your host arthur reynolds you can find me on twitter at district mamba also shout out to our reddit followers who check out the podcast we will be interacting with you guys more so moving forward and doing a mailbag and all the things that you suggested through my post this week and we'll catch you on the next episode hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today